thank you for taking the time to take a moment to tune into the DC Metro 3 podcast. Where we cover three reasons watching DC, Maryland, and Virginia. We ask three questions as well as we cover three things the people, the places, and things that make the DC area awesome. I'm your host, Lisa. We look forward to you continuing to join us and hearing all the stories that make DC a great place. Uh, please feel free to join our newsletter. Um, the link is in the show notes. Also, additionally, you can follow us on TikTok primarily, Facebook, and we do have a YouTube Shorts channel. Thank you so much. Have a great day and a great week. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to DC Metro 3 Podcast. I hope you're having a lovely day and a lovely week. Today, I'm so excited. And I think we're, we're about to have a very timely discussion. Well, most importantly, before we do get into all of that, please be so kind to follow us on Instagram, uh, the DC Metro 3 Podcast. Join our newsletter. That link is in the bio and the link is in the show notes. We have all the magic happening. Um, when wonderful guests have events or things that are happening, they let us know. We let you know. So once again, thank you. For, um, I'm very excited for our, our guest today is uh, Carrie Simon, who's the owner and operator of Loving Heart Holistic Wellness. She's a registered yoga instructor through Yoga Alliance, Yoga Alliance, a continued education protect, practitioner, a certified Reiki 2 practitioner and emotional freedom technique facilitator. She provides compassion, holistic wellness for individuals who are seeking well-being and empowerment for their mind, body, and spirit. She provides an empathetic approach to stress relief and wellness through personalized programs utilizing the modalities of yoga, Reiki, meditation, mindfulness, and emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping. Through trauma-informed practices, Carol holds a space that is safe, non-judgmental, and supportive for all, and strives to cultivate connection through movement, mindfulness, holistic wellness, community, and compassion. So she's just all around with all the awesomes. She's got something for everything you need during these pandemic times. Thank you so much for coming today. How are you doing today, Karen? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Oh, definitely. And also, please check out our website, lovingheartwellness.com. And she's on Facebook and Instagram, Loving Heart Wellness. She's always posting some helpful tidbits and knowledge. And so how, how have things been for you? Are things busy and picking up now for you? Yes, they are. Things have been going really well for me here, thankfully. So I'm really glad that the weather is warming up. And I think that that's, you know, inviting people to be more conscientious about their wellness and seeking out activities and exercise opportunities. That's great. And I will say, keep keep abreast of her Instagram, Facebook, because that's where with all the magic happens. When, she, when she's doing something new and magical, she posted there. Correct, Carol? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yeah. So all the magic, you know, some critical questions we'd like to ask here, uh, here at the podcast. Are you a DC native or newbie, Carol? Sure. So I'm actually fairly new. Um, I've lived in the DC area in Arlington for about two years. You think you're growing into your Washingtonian status or are you are you still in the newbie phrase? Where do you put yourself? So I would say I'm pretty comfortable living here. I, I love being around like-minded people and just love the area. So I feel like I had a pretty easy transition. <laughs> oh, that's great. So Washingtonian to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this should be an easy question because you're already comfortable. Do you have your favorite two or three things or places that you recommend to others that are new to DMV, a newbie to the DMV or visiting for the weekend or family that comes to visit you? Yeah, for sure. So one of my favorite little cafes is located in Boston and it's called Poppy Seed Rye. And it's a really cute, eclectic um, cafe that also has a flower shop inside. So they sell different bouquets of flowers and it has a gorgeous, um, just gorgeous flower decor. 
up there. Um, one of my other, other favorite places is um, there's a labyrinth in Georgetown on the waterfront. And um, not everybody knows about this, but it's along the path if you're walking along the waterfront in Georgetown. And um, I was really excited to come across it because I love labyrinths and just love, you know, the meditation that walking labyrinths provide. And so that's a really great place to go as well. Oh, that's a new nugget. And I appreciate you, you sharing that. That's a new nugget. We have certain favorites that people say on the show. But that's a new one, especially down <laughs> by the water. We have, I think, covered, there was a boat tour one could take of DC. I don't know if you've heard about it. I think it's, yes. Have you heard about the boat boating tours, the canals in Georgetown? You can do that. I have. Yeah, that's one of my husband and I's favorite things to do as well. We like to take the water taxi from Georgetown to Old Town. And then there's one that also goes all the way to the National Harbor and then the other direction to the wharf. So it's it's a fun time. I love being on the river. Okay, so so you recommend the river to newbies or visitors? Absolutely. Okay. Is the Georgetown location the best one to take those river trips or tours? Well, I guess it depends on where you're coming from, but Georgetown Mm -hmm. is like the central location for where the taxis leave and come back to. Okay, well, that's good. And then I think that's great because if you're either that's your destination, there's a lot to do in Georgetown, so you won't be at a loss if that's (laughs) That's your end point. Really what drew us to have you on the show is that that this talk of the elusive idea of work-life balance. (laughs) It's in most urban environments. We have a lot of wonderful people who are working hard, and and a lot of times many people are go-getters and uh, just really want to be their best and do their best, and then with the work-at-home situation that many people are dealing with, you're 24-7 working at home of some sort. Are you encountering this in, in your practice people kind of with the pandemic 24 7 working at home and and I have a follow-up question to that but what, what are your are you seeing that in your practice yeah I am I actually have clients that come to me who are looking for you know some tools and some techniques to help them really set those work-life balances and to set boundaries around working from home and really learning about other tools and techniques that they can incorporate while they're at work and you know trying to juggle home life on top of working no, oh, thank you. I, and I appreciate you answering. I think that helps a lot of people. I think people may feel alone because you're in your own little corner of the world. You may not think everybody else is dealing with that. So this may be, I may, this may be a challenging question, Kara. So you can tell me if it's too, too challenging of a question to have an easy solution. <laughs> what are your tips on managing a work-life balance, a high-achieving, overachieving professional without sacrificing our goals or, as I like to say, my elusive to-do list. Do you have, is that realistic in a question to ask? <laughs> it, it is a realistic question. It's hey. a long answer. <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet. So mm-hmm. some tips that I try to explain to my clients is to really practice slowing down. And the reason that I encourage clients to slow down is because that really helps us figure out what areas in our life and what areas within work that we maybe need to set some boundaries around. My second tip would be to set boundaries. And what that can look like is, you know, a few simple things like blocking off your calendar from, you know, 6 p.m. until 8 a.m. the next morning and making sure that you're not, you know, checking those emails, that you're not answering phone calls unless it's an emergency, and really just making sure that you're taking care of yourself without sacrificing the goals in the to do list that you have, creating a structure around your nine to five or whatever, you know, your schedule looks like and, and honoring that and making sure that you're giving yourself space around that time when you're not on the clock or after work. I like that. So set that set some boundaries and sometimes they're physical in terms of like on the calendar or digital physical, but then also actually executing on it, not doing the actual behavior that would create the 
work is what I'm hearing. Is that, is that the two yes. parts of it? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Is it achievable to have a little joy in your life on a daily basis? Even Monday through Friday, I would, I think I would hope most people's jobs are joyful, but how is it achievable to have joy in your life on a day-to-day basis? Yes. I love this question so much. Uh, my answer is absolutely. It is achievable achievable to have joy in your life on a daily basis. And what that looks like is different for everyone, right? Like we, we each get to decide what joy means to us and how to cultivate joy in our life. But it could be even simple things like taking a moment to pause in the morning before you check any emails, before you you know, do anything to just pause for a moment. And maybe that looks like enjoying a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. And maybe that looks like spending some time with your pet or going for a short walk, you know, just creating, creating time where life feels enjoyable. You know, I think that we, we tend to take that for granted, but we have the power within ourselves to cultivate joy on a daily basis. And that can look different for everybody, but it's about carving out that time so that you can achieve that joy on a daily basis. Well, one, I thank you for making it accessible because it seems like you told us about some accessible ways to have joy with your pet, with your coffee. It was like you had to go climb the Himalayas and pray on the top of the mountain. It's, 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 a, it's a cup of tea. It's right there in the kitchen. So thank, thank you for making, right. <laughs> making that accessible. So I will look now different at my tea bags <laughs> forever. Um, in, in your expert opinion, what three things do people do need to stop doing to be better and live better? Because I think we always talk about the things we can do. And I think, you know, in your website and your social media definitely outlines that. But what are the things we need to stop doing? I think we don't hear enough about that. Yeah, sure. I think it goes along with what we, you know, I talked about earlier, and that's moving too quickly. I think that we tend to be people that like to move very fast and slowing down actually invites space and invites conscientiousness to feel better in our bodies and to live healthier. So that's one thing I would say um, is moving too quickly. Something else that people could stop doing is um, disrespecting our own boundaries. So if we're talking about work-life balance, that could look like choosing not to answer the phone on a weekend if we typically have weekends off and you know and just being really mindful so being you know being considerate to others and compassionate first is is it just a great path and a great step to be better and to live healthier thank you i, I really like that one we said disrespecting our own boundaries that that really hit home does, does that usually is that an eye-opener when you tell people that it is yes i've actually had several speaking engagements to different corporations and organizations talking about work-life balance and that's something that i tend to bring up that you know helps that aha moment right <laughs> for people because if we're if we're trying to set boundaries, but then we're still checking emails or still texting back when we're supposed to be off work or with family, then that is a form of disrespect for ourselves. So disrespecting our own boundaries is a great place to, you know, be aware and to stop, stop those habits. Thank you. Cause I think like, cause you're also talking about being compassionate to others. If you're not being compassionate to yourself, how do you have any spare compassion to give to anybody else or kindness to give to anybody else? Absolutely. That's right. And what keeps you excited about your work on a daily or monthly basis? What keeps you excited? 
Yes. Um, seeing my clients' progress keeps me excited. I do the work that I do because I have first received benefit myself from each of the modalities that I offer. And uh, what keeps me excited is that there's always ways to learn and things to grow. Um, just watching my clients grow and watching them improve and those aha moments that I get to witness in clients, whether it's a movement practice or a mindfulness practice um, is really rewarding, tired of the work that I do because I just love it so much. And I love reaching people on a level that meets them where they are, but invites them to feel empowered and to grow. That's awesome. And I will say, if you visit her website, you will get the feels for all the lovely <laughs> kind words and the lives that are transformed. If you, it's hard not to want to not sign up for those services after you hear about all the awesome transformations that are happening. And when I reviewed your website, it appeared that mindfulness was an ongoing importance in your work. We're all busy each day, but, you know, wellness is important. We cannot um, dismiss it. We need to address it. Is there any tip for ways that we can connect mindfulness, EFT, tapping into our lives on a daily basis? We can incorporate on our day to day. Yeah, this is really what I work with my clients one-on-one -on -one with achieving is helping them cultivate goals and also cultivate habits that really help them. Um, to move forward even after the programs are done um, so that they can incorporate these practices on a daily basis. And one of the places I like to start when I work with clients one-on-one -on -one is simply, simply teaching people to become aware of their breath. So our breathing is a mindfulness practice that can be incorporated every single day. And it's just a simple observation of noticing how the breath moves, noticing the texture of our breath, noticing if it feels deep or shallow or long or short and and choosing to be mindful in a way that is without judgment and with compassion so the practice of mindfulness also invites in like you were talking about that self-compassion component and doing simple techniques and exercises like observing your breath or slowing down in the moment or there's high stress or a deadline and you're feeling really stressed out and frustrated that just taking a moment to pause and to slow down and to notice your breath can be a very simple and easy technique um, to begin incorporating into your life on a daily basis. That's great. I like that. Once again, I think what I'm enjoying about this conversation is you're not setting the bar unrealistically high and it's something that you know, honestly, I mean, we could come up with some excuses. We really shouldn't have any for trying to do these things. So I appreciate you eliminating <laughs> our excuses. Like, well, now I'm too busy. I got a Zoom meet. I got a call. I got to take the dog out. We're all breathing. So it's just a matter of like noticing that you're breathing, even if you're walking <laughs> with the dog. So I appreciate you taking away all my excuses, Kara. Um, <laughs> just, that's just, right. Yeah. yeah so and that's, that's something that's important to me, you know, as a practitioner is really providing resources that are sustainable and longevity over time so that clients really can walk away from working together, feeling like they've learned something, you know, learning that, oh, you're right. I don't have to make an excuse or, or, you know, yes, I'm breathing all the time. My body breathes without me noticing it, but what happens when I do notice that I'm breathing, what shift starts to take place when I notice my breath. And that's really how you start to incorporate mindfulness. Good. And once again, thank you for taking away my excuses. Because I'm, I'm thinking like, yeah, what could excuse? How could I delay not breathing? It's like, well, you're going to be breathing all the time. 
what you gonna do? <laughs> so, yeah, you, That's right. So we have no excuse to run away from the breathing. So if, unless you just, it's a whole different thing. If you stop breathing, then that's a whole different conversation that we're probably not gonna be having on the podcast. But that's anyway. right. <laughs> and, there's, and there's different people to help you out with those, those types of services. Kara's not in that business. That's right. <laughs> and so I know a little bit from my own like Googling and, you know, I think also I try to be mindful and, and pray and all that. So there is kind of a little bit of a nuanced difference, at least as Western societies, we delineate mindfulness from yoga and meditation. And I know some people that can be, they can have questions around that. It, could, could you provide a little bit of a explanation from the audience? Because I think it might be helpful for them to understand from a Western society view, mindfulness versus yoga and meditation. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, mindfulness and meditation are actually all encompassed under yoga. So yoga, the, the word in Sanskrit means to yoke or unity. And so what that means is there's actually eight different limbs of yoga and mindfulness and meditation are a part of yoga. Uh, when we think about yoga in our Western culture, we tend to only think about the movement practice, which is the asana practice of yoga, but mindfulness and meditation are actually a part of that practice as well. And so the difference between mindfulness and meditation is that meditation is more of a concentration practice. If somebody is practicing meditation and they're sitting in silence, then they're concentrating on through a certain time frame and maybe concentrating on their breath. Maybe it is a mindfulness meditation. There is such a thing as mindfulness meditation, but it's still the concentration of inviting the awareness back into the present moment and into the breath or into, you know, what noises are around you or the sights that you see or what you smell or what you can taste. The practice of mindfulness is just simply being in the present moment without judgment and with compassion. So being aware of what's around you. An example I like to give is, you know, here in the city, people walk a lot mm -hmm. and I, I see a lot of people on their phones while they're walking. Right. And so they're kind of just subconsciously walking and their mind is whatever's going on in their device. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the practice of mindfulness could actually just be putting your phone away while you're walking on the sidewalk, paying attention to your surroundings, being mindful of cars are going by, of where mm -hmm. your feet are walking, and also being aware of your own body, being aware of where you are in that mm -hmm. space and your own inner surroundings as well. So that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a brief definition and a different explanation for how mindfulness and yoga and meditation are different. That's putting myself out there a little bit. I constantly have earbuds in. So sometimes my practice is to like put the phone away, but also put the earbuds away. So like, what are you hearing? What are you listening to? I don't yes. know. Because that can be very informative. Like when you have, you do a 30 minute walk somewhere, like what's, what's, what's going on in your head, you know, just without any other things being, you know, no other inputs is pretty illuminating. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And that's actually called a walking meditation. So when I when I have clients who really struggle with sitting in silence or don't really feel the benefit of like a timed meditation, mm -hmm. I always um, I always invite them to explore a walking meditation because that is really a great way to just kind of contemplate, right? What's going on in your head? What are the thoughts? What are the feelings in your body? What are the sights that you're seeing? So I, I love that you brought that up because that's a great practice to have. Yeah. And I think also we just, and everyone, please be safe when you're walking um, in any city, yeah. looking down. Yes. I've, I've seen, I try not to do it, but I think I'm equally bad because I put the air. And so your depth perception is off. Like, so sometimes I'll see people kind of all of a sudden come out of nowhere. So I think we just need to be careful. Please be safe on your phone. Even if you're listening, 
Um, just yeah, a little yes. PSA there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so please be safe. Bessie, what question is, what fuels your success in business? And I ha- we have coffee, but it could be iced coffee or iced tea, hot or cold. We try to be open-minded. Um, water or nothing first thing in the morning. I mean, I, I don't know we're <laughs> in iced coffee season right now. So I don't know if you're doing, or, or, oh, what's that? Um, You got uh, cold brew iced coffee. You got to throw that in there too. That's another version. <laughs> yes. So I am, I am a very light roast or light to medium roast okay. black hot coffee drinker. Uh, okay. Usually it's first thing in the morning. I have a morning routine where I do a little bit of mindfulness and some breath work and some meditation. And I actually um, practice a little bit of mindfulness while I'm making my coffee. And so I'm, you know, paying attention to uh, the grinder and pouring in the beans. And then I'm paying attention to how many scoops and the smell of the coffee. And then once it's finished, I sit down and I take a sip of my coffee and then I notice the taste of the coffee. And so it, that comes back to like slowing down, right? And giving yourself a little bit of time in the morning or during your day. So I would say that coffee definitely fuels my success in business. It's also like a root and foundation of how my business came about because I was working at a coffee shop selling coffee at a yoga and music festival. So coffee is a big deal in my life. (laughs) And I think once again, you've taken away the excuse that you can't spend a little time being mindful. If you're drinking coffee out there, friends of the podcast, you can spend a little time being mindful. So yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's right so Kara is a no excuses lady you're a very pleasant lady but you're like you got no excuses I mean you're in a brushing your teeth you're making a coffee you're putting on your socks there's an opportunity correct that's Kara? right absolutely absolutely and I think that that just calls for the simplicity that really a mindfulness practice can be that it is accessible that it can be simple and that it can look like a day-to-day practice and I, I really hope that that people take that away from this episode your socks your coffee a walk all of that especially uh, uh, cities like dc and new york and all they're very walkable cities so if you can just do it for 15 20 minutes i mean usually most times i think I, we all start off with a 15 minute walk but it usually turns into a 30 minute walk and you can get a lot uh, you can be, really become relaxed so please try that and please take these tips to care so because it's very accessible i'm sitting here like how could I not do this? And I'm like, I got no excuse. So, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think, I think uh, we all can be a little better. So with that being said, one, most importantly, thank you for the, co- the coffee tip. And that was a medium roast co- black coffee, correct? Because that's the most mm-hmm. mindful coffee type. Is that correct, Kara? <laughs> medium roast, <laughs> well, that, black. that's the type that I prefer, light to medium roast. <laughs> okay, you heard it first on the podcast. Um, we're not with hashtag uh, medium roast uh, mindfulness. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so with that being said, what do you have coming up in the second half? of 2022 and where should we keep an eye for you and all the magic that's happening in the latter half of the year yeah absolutely so I do have a few community events coming up with the Roslyn business improvement development here in Roslyn Virginia um, in Arlington next to courthouse in Clarendon so they do different like community events and things and I'll be partnering with them for a few things coming up pretty soon I have a couple other things in the works that I'm not gonna quite talk about yet but uh you can keep your eye out on my social media I definitely make announcements there and um, update my website with events and things like that no excuses Kara has been here and supported us and being better and being awesome so thank you so much for that Kara second it sounds like you need to keep an eye on her Instagram and Facebook because that's where all the magic is happening at so please check out our Facebook and Instagram the links are in the show notes we'll, we'll probably be tagging her or sharing her stories on social media on our Instagram and Facebook DC Metro 3 
um, podcast. And once again, we want to thank you, Kara, for just like taking away our excuses and giving us the most mindful <laughs> type of coffee to drink in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm hoping everybody feels a little less stressed as well. Yeah. So once again, um, I just want to thank you. And once again, everyone, please thank you for tuning in to the DC Metro 3. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook, DC Metro 3 Podcast. Have a great day.